You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three call. The Rangers are going to the World Series. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, digital sports reporter for the Dallas Morning News. Joined as always by Morgan Price of One Star Ball. Morgan, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, I am a decade older, a decade wiser. This is the final episode, Locked On Rangers episode of the decade. So we're gonna make it a good one for you. We got some all decade stuff to kind of wrap up. Kind of, it's like it's literally like the most dead. We were just talking about this before we record, but like it's literally the most dead time of year for baseball. Like, yeah, nothing's happening, nothing at all. Like, I feel like maybe some like small thing happened on Christmas, but honestly, I don't remember. Like, I honestly don't remember. Like, it's nothing that big has happened. Yeah. There's been like kind of some buzz about like um Nolan Arenado stuff like nothing is actually like making any progress so it's literally just like more hypothetical scenarios thrown at you and we already talked about that a little bit and like we're probably gonna talk about it some more when it starts heating up a little bit more because you know I'm sure GMs are like I want to be with my family for once this is like the one time of year I get to go and not be all about baseball so like we're also less about baseball right now but we've got some all-decade stuff to wrap up. We've got some, uh, we've got a few categories that we want to rank our our best Rangers stuff of the decade for. Um, the first one is best moment, and this is the one like this is the the heavy hitter. We're not really sure. I, don't, I we literally just like came up with this like a little bit ago, <laughs> so I'm not sure what your your like thought for best moment of the decade for. But there's a few contenders that I want to throw out there like early on. There's obviously like. Rangers making it to the first World Series, their mm-hmm. first World Series ever by striking out A-Rod. We're going by decade of, like, the years where it was 2001-something, so 2010 to 19. So, if that helps you at all. <laughs> baseball's nice in that it doesn't have, like, the overlapping season, so it's like, yeah, yeah this God. has happened. Like, that's literally the best part about the baseball. Yeah. It's like, all right, it's 2018, 2019. It's not like 2018-19. So, yeah. Um that's the early one of striking out A-Rod to go to their first ever World Series. Um, Beltray's 3,000th hit, uh, like, all-time moment. Um, I feel like there's a few others. But, like, those are, like, basically the the two that, like, hop up in there. And also, like, retiring Pudge's number was great. Retiring yeah. Adrian's number was great. Um, I feel like those are my, my – and Beltray's last game um, – both at home and like on the road, both mm-hmm. of those got me all, all misty eyed. So, Morgan, what are your, what are your thoughts on the best Rangers moment of the decade? I mean, at first, I w- I wanted to go with something a little more recent, but it's kind of hard not to pick the striking out a rod to go to the World Series. Like, right? That like, like you uh, even now seeing it like goosebumps. Like it's my favorite thing ever. And like it's my favorite Nadell's thing that we have that as too. as our like as our intro to this podcast. Like that's like my favorite thing that we've yeah. ever done. It's like having that. So it's like you remember every single time. Like that's the best moment in franchise history. Yeah. So it's hard to say that something's like not that. I I feel you on that. But also it's hard to to like pick against Adrian Beltre ever. Yeah, and Adrian right. Beltre wasn't wasn't in. That and he wasn't a part of that, that, which is weird. It really is. 
because sometimes I forget that like he was here through like 2011 and like those kind of things. I just remember yeah. him like doing all the historic stuff from like 14 to like 18. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's been a part of so many good moments. But is that is that where you're gonna go with your? Cause I think I think I might go there with you. We might have to go pick that as our as our yeah, best moment. I, I think I have to just because like. Until the Rangers win the World Series, like, that's going to be the best moment forever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, I feel like there's very few championships that would make me, like, break down and fall. But, like, when the Rangers win their first championship, if they ever do, like, be sounding like a baby. Like, when, I, when, when they do. Thank you, Morgan. Just, <laughs> we've, we've been beaten down. It's been so close so many times. It's just little little shell-shocked here. So, when that happens, it's going to be... All time an all time sports moment. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's yeah, that's definitely it. Like I, I honestly forget like most of the 2010 World Series. Like, uh, yeah, except for the one game that we won. Like that's like the only part that I remember. Like, oh yeah, the Giants are better than us. That's fine. Like we struck out a rod to go to the World Series for the first time ever. Like in my first season, like watching every single baseball game. Yeah. So, it's like nothing's gonna take that away from me. So, yeah, I feel like that's a good call on that. Um, best player. This is, this is a real hard one. Like there's Adrian Beltre and then. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and Josh Hamilton has to, has to get like a little. Yeah. I mean, Hamilton gets like a little nod because he had like a really good start to the decade. But like, I mean, he left and, you know, kind of shunned the Rangers. And then there's been some stuff afterwards that I don't really feel as, as, uh, as good about him as I did about Beltre and still do and Beltre was here from 2011 2018 and he was incredible for every single year so there's something to be said about that, that consistency mm-hmm. and you know it's it's Beltre like I, I kind of want to like go make some cases for like other people but like there's there's no really other case to be made like except for like Elvis who's been here literally like since yeah. the decade started but like Elvis is more like a heart of the team than than Beltre just because like He's had two, literally just two more years in this decade than, than Beltre with the Rangers. So he was here for literally the entire decade and a year before that. But still, like, it's, like, impossible to not pick Adrian Beltre. It All the really stuff that he is. did for the Rangers. Um, I kind of want to go pull up just some of his stats just because, like, he was so incredible for this Rangers team for eight seasons. And if we if we remember correctly... Remember how, like, Beltre wasn't even their first priority in free agency that year? The reason they got Beltre is because they missed out on Cliff Lee. It's like, yeah. all right, I guess we'll go through this big contract at Adrian Beltre. Turns out that worked out pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just honestly incredible for, let's see, 2011, his first year. He was only an all-star three years, which kind of feels just wrong. Yeah. Just, um, But, yeah. His first year, he had a 5.6 war, 7.2 war as a 33-year-old, and then above five war every year through 2016 when he was uh, 30. Actually, above five and a half war every year. Even the year that he only played 124 games, he had 5.6 war in 2011. Um, Yeah, kind of insane. Absolutely, really insane. Even like his last year here, when he played 119 games, he was uh, 39 years old. He had 2.2 WAR. Like that's absurd. He was playing like a decent amount of DH, not playing as much. Um, was third in MVP voting um, in 2012. Actually, that was like his best year. That was the year was, like worth 7.2 WAR. And I think that was one of the years that like uh, 
uh, was that one of the years that uh, Cabrera was still amazing and Trout was, well, Trout? Probably. Uh, um, yeah, so that year he hit 321 on base of 359, slugged 561, 36 home runs, 32 doubles as a 33-year-old. Um, he also had his customary one stolen base, um, 82 strikeouts in 156 games. 82, Morgan. That's insane. Oh, my gosh. He never had 100 strikeouts when he was with the Rangers. Never. Even his final year, 96 strikeouts. Morgan, that's insane. I knew I, he didn't strike out, but, like, <sighs> good Lord, I forgot how good he was. Like, you just kind of take it for granted, honestly. Yeah. Um, there's a story on The Athletic. Um, it's it's over a month old now, I and I've been meaning to bring it up. I don't think I have in any of the episodes, but it's um, from Jason Stark, and it's uh, – MLB best of the decade awards and um they did they did five best players of the decade Beltre was in there but the interesting thing about it that a stat that I didn't know about and it's like burned in my brain now is he was the only player in baseball that finished in top 10 on the offensive and defensive war leaderboards for the decade and he didn't even play this year so That's insane. That's insane. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Who else was there? Um, was it Arenado? Um, I feel like see. I feel like it's got to be like Arenado and like maybe Machado. Maybe he didn't. Trout. He didn't list for the other people. Yeah. Um, okay. But the fact that he was the only one in the top ten for both defensive and offensive, like. Well, he was the only one? Yeah, he was the oh only my player that was top 10 in both offensive and defensive. That's, that's and absurd. And he only that's played absurd. nine years of the decade. Oh, my God. Now, he actually had a really incredible 2010, that one year he spent in Boston. Like, I kind of forgot about it. He had, like, 49 doubles, 28 home runs, um, hit 321, OPS of 919 um, that year. That was actually the first time he was an All-Star. He was never an All-Star until that first that year in Boston. Isn't that insane? That's crazy. Even the year oh. that he hit 48 home runs and finished second in MVP voting. Wasn't an all-star that year. They also mentioned in it um, is that there were um, only four players worth at least 50 wins in the decade. And Beltre was one of them as well. So to be <laughs> the only one in top 10 in offensive and defensive and then be one of four with 50 wins like just put him in the hall of fame right now put him, today put him right now why is there a five-year waiting period for adrian <laughs> Beltre? Now. it should just be a five minute adrian like waiting period it shouldn't Truly. even be that like literally the second he said i'm like i'm not coming back like like all right hall of fame right now like right. we're not even asking you new writers like it's just he's there that's it there's no doubt gosh Remember in like 2014 or something when people were like, I don't know, Adrian Beltre, maybe he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know. And then like he continued to be like incredible for like age 36 to like 39. And like, that's not possible. Like that's like, that's just not, that's not how this works. And <laughs> he made it how it works. So gosh, he was an MVP. He finished seventh in MVP voting as a 37 year old. Like that's just, that's insane, Morgan. Like only people who did that were like Barry Bonds and Barry Bonds was on roids. Adrian Beltre was not on roids. He was just incredible and defied father time for longer than anyone could reasonably expect. 
well longer than anyone reasonably expect. So yeah, I think Adrian Boutre is our player that Rainer player of the decade. Yeah. That's, that's not close. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to have some little slight argument for Joey Gallo, but if Joey didn't get hurt this year, then maybe like, oh, for one season, like he was like on par with what Beltre was doing, but he still wasn't doing what Beltre was doing defensively. So like, no one's even close. No one's even close because Adrian Beltre is amazing. Okay. Best team of the decade. This can be whatever criteria you want to be best, either your favorite or like actually the best at playing baseball. I feel like it's the best at playing baseball. Like, oh, actually there's like, there's kind of two teams that I feel like could could qualify for best actual team of the decade. There's one that like fell short that I thought was honestly the best. I think there were like there's like three of them. I don't know. I want to hear what you yeah. think. Uh, um, is your your like first thoughts? Obviously, 2014, the best team, hands down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I initially want to say like 2011, just because yeah. Obvious. The best record in 96 wins. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just realized 2016 had 95 wins. How did yeah. they win 95 games? Yeah. Because that was another team I wanted to go with. And I mean, not going to lie, Ian Desmond kind of influenced 2016 giving like, but that was such a good team. Like overall, I think it like. It really was. Like having... they won. That was the year that like made me the most mad about what national riders had to say about the Rangers. Yeah. Like they're winning all these one run games. They're not actually good. I'm like, yes. they're a good team. Yeah. Like they had you Darvish and freaking Cole Hamels. Like that's yeah. a good team. And that was like a really good year for Chirinos. I think that was like mm-hmm. one of his best years. I think that was also the year Elvis like just went home run crazy. Was it that year? 2017. I get those confused a lot. Uh, here, I'm pulling this up. Let's see. Mazzara was like young. Uh, let's see. No, it was the next year. Elvis had eight. It home was the runs. next year. Okay. That was the year that like Rugi was like went nuts. Um, actually, Trinos didn't even have that great of a year, but like okay, Mitch so I'm Moreland had a really good year. But Odor, Odor had a really good year that year. Ian Desmond was really good. Prince Fielder was even there for a little bit. Yeah, that was uh, when he retired. Yep, that was the year. Um, Jude had a really bad year that year. Um. Yeah, this is the year that like Joey Gallo was like just floundering in AAA. Yeah, so this is a poor. It was a bad year for me personally because <laughs> it was a bad year for Joey. <laughs> um, another team that's like not an obvious of the decade. Like 2011 is probably the best team of the decade. Like it's kind of hard to argue against that. Um, yeah. but I think like for me personally, runner up would be 2015, just because like. Oh gosh! Yeah. That that whole season is just fascinating. About like after twenty fourteen, like no expectations. Weirdest teams. weirdest teams, like weird, just the overall weird season too. Because like it was just all of a sudden, it was like oh, they could pass the Astros for the lead in the division. What? How is this happening? Like I I just remember after the All Star break, it become it became uh, very apparent that every game really mattered. And like, I remember very intently watching every game just to like how ridiculously good they were and to have a first year manager or new manager. Like, and that was uh, first year that year. That was like, that was also the year that Joey like kind of burst onto the scene just a little bit. Yeah. And Fielder had a great year. That was his comeback player of the year season. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. This was this was the rotation that year. Like how how it's listed one through six on Baseball Reference. Colby Lewis number one, Giovanni Gallardo number two, Nick Martinez yeah. number three, Wandy Rodriguez number four, then Cole Hamels, then Martin Perez. Like such a weird freaking team. And Darvish didn't even, even pitch that year. Yeah, he didn't pitch at all that year. And like, because that was the year that like, I think it was like twenty, was it twenty thirteen or. Fourteen that like Sports Illustrated had like on the cover of their team like the the Astros are going to win the 2017 World Series and then like 2015 they started off really hot and they're like we're changing our prediction we're making it now <laughs> and like and then they just completely faltered down the stretch and like the Rangers out of nowhere after being like trash the entire first season like I think that would have been my favorite because they're like Bandy's yeah. first year they trade for Coleman I was like I was like there's no way this this is just for next year and going forward I'm like yeah. oh crap it's for now they're yeah. winning how are they winning still it, weird it, yeah it's so weird gosh but fun very fun uh, the fact that that team like which shouldn't have been better um did better in the playoffs than um the 2016 team because the 2016 team got swept which yeah. made no sense because that was a better team like empirically yeah and then um gosh Oh, gosh. You know what's a really weird season? 2017, because it has, like, the top war players listed for each year. You know who the top war player was for 2017? Andrew Kashner. Oh, <laughs> not what I would have guessed. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Adrian Beltre, Adrian Beltre, Adrian Beltre, Adrian Beltre, right? Except for 2011. 2011 was uh, was Ian Kinsler's seven-war season. So, gosh, he's actually the war leader for... I think three three different seasons. He was there for 2009, 2007, and 2011. Um, yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah. So, gosh, we haven't I, I haven't gotten any closer to to picking a team. Who who would you say if you had to pick one? Uh, I really want to say 2011, but also like 2015 is just so weird. Yeah, that it was really fun because like don't get me wrong 2011 is an amazing team but like they went to the world series the year before so you kind of hope they can repeat that again they got better from 2010 to 11 so not that it was not that you ever expect them to go to the world series back to back but like i think 2015 to me is just like all of that season was really weird and very unexpected and very fun so Mm -hmm. i kind that team i kind of lean a little more towards yeah i'm gonna throw a huge curveball in here oh i'm gonna go 2012 i knew you were gonna say 2012 (laughs) that team was fine too i think that was honestly like imperially like the best team but like they just had some stupid luck down the stretch and like one bad series in oakland one bad series at Oakland, like something. Josh Hamilton was honestly like maybe even at like better that season. Ian Kinsler was incredible that year. Mitch Moreland was okay. Like Mike Napoli was still there doing his thing. Beltre was like in his like that might have been his best season as a Ranger. Uh, it was definitely his best offensive season. Nelson Cruz was in there like doing work in the mix. Michael Young was still in the, like it was still like vintage like those world series teams and they had like a starting rotation that was much better than 2011 or 2010 matt harrison was really good that year you darvish's first year was there Derek holland had some you know hot and cold like Derek holland did and then there was still scott feldman and colby lewis doing their thing and also that was the first year of joe nathan 
with the Rangers. Oh, yeah. Now I'm kind of mad I didn't pick 2012 because that was also like the first season I went to games. So like mm-hmm. there's sentimental attachment there. Yeah. There's, but like, I also there's, get like, 2012 and 13 mixed sometimes. That's fair because they both lost in like one game things. So yeah. Like, 13 was like Nelson Cruz came back after like the suspension nonsense, I think. Yes. Um, and it was like against Tampa Bay. And this one was a stupid, stupid game where they pulled out U Darvish too quickly against the um, against Baltimore. And like the bullpen that year, Joe Nathan, Alexi Ogando, Robbie Ross. Mike Adams, like all of those guys were like in their prime. Natalie Feliz was in there. I think he had some injury issues. He only played in. Oh, wait, no, they tried to make him a starter that year. Oh, mm-hmm. forgot about that. Oh, God. Man, what could have been. And Mark Lowe was a good pitcher. Oh, so was Koji Uhara. Wow. Um, gosh, that was. Gosh, that was one of those big what if teams. Like if that team got past that stupid. If they could have gotten past their, their bad mojo down the stretch, like. Oh, that team maybe could have won it all. I don't know. And U Jarvis would have had his, a World Series in his first year. Plus, like that off that lineup was like almost just as good as 2011. So, gosh, that's one of those big what ifs. Yeah, I'm going with 2012. Real curveball. <laughs> that's a good team. Yeah, I feel good about it. All righty, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the best play and also the best non-baseball moment for the Rangers this decade. Right after this. So the best play, I feel like, I feel like uh, for me, like my gut feeling is like something really cool defensively or like weird or whatever. Um, Ooh, I just had an idea. Okay. My first thought (laughs) is uh, Delano DeShields is incredible. Like home run robbing catch where he just climbed up the wall. Like that's like, yeah, that's one of those like once in a, well, maybe decade, like spectacular moments. You just don't get that often. And it was such a cool moment for him. And also for me, like, just to see, like, the progress he's made defensively. Oh, God, I forget that he's not a ranger and it hurts my heart again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Morgan, what are, your, what are your first thoughts on this? Um, so, at first, I obviously wanted to say Beltre, but, like, it's well, very hard to pick a very only one specific moment because, like, everything well, he did was amazing. 3,000. You could think like three thousand hit. It doesn't have to be like defense. That's just my mind goes to defense too, though. Like that's just yeah, because like usually baseball highlights are like incredible defensive plays. Yeah, or like walk off home runs. Um, Ooh. but <laughs> I had another me. thought. Okay, go um, for it. And I, it it might be one of these more of like obscure moments that just burn in uh-huh. my brain. But I know there's a video, so I'll tweet it after this. Um. It was before replay was a thing. Like, the season before replay was a thing. And the Rangers were in Seattle. And, um, oh, I just blinked on who was pitching. Oh, my God. Not Robbie Ross. Who was who was his, like, best friend that went to the Cubs? Oh, my God. Justin Grimm? Yes. Okay. He was pitching. Moreland was at first. There's no replay. And I think... Elvis, or I guess it could have been Kinsler at the time. One of them was th- threw the ball to first, you know, just a routine out. Uh, Grimm caught the ball, not Moreland. Everyone <laughs> thought Moreland had the ball in his glove. Um, it was like this whole thing. Thank God there was no replay because it, for sure, <laughs> he was safe, like very obviously. Um, but my my favorite part about that whole thing is Tom Grieve and his voice, because like. 
when Tom Grieve gets like excited or he's just like in shock, his <laughs> voice gets like extra high. And that it like he's just like, Who caught the ball? Grim caught the ball. Like he says it like four times in a row, like just astonished. <laughs> and that just made that moment even better because Moreland and Grimm are totally trying to sell, like, okay, Moreland caught the ball. He was touching first. Like, it's cool. But Grimm had the ball the whole time. How the umps didn't realize it is beyond me. And that's a moment I think about quite often because it just proves how much baseball needed replay. But, like, it worked for the Rangers, so I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it reminded me of uh, when I said walk-off home run. I'm like, wait a minute. There was a really good walk off home run that happened in the postseason. Nelson Cruz. <gasps> but like it was it's ru- it's like ruined. Everyone forgets it because like the call was literally like the worst call for any walk off home run I've ever seen. Like I love Joe Buck, but like this is like his worst work. It was uh game two of the ALCS in 2011, uh bottom of the 11th, um bases loaded, walk off grand slam, oh one pitch. Oh wait, no, no, no! Oh two, I forgot he pulled he pulled the pitch. I'm literally like watching the video right now. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, it was like truly an incredible moment. We always kind kind of forget about it because like it was just like the ALCS. It wasn't like in like the World Series, but like man, this dude absolutely crushed that ball. And like we kind of forget how like Nelson Cruz was like one of the best like postseason hitters we've seen in our generation. Like mm-hmm. honestly, he was incredible. 2011, like could not stop hitting home runs against the Tigers. It was amazing. And that Tigers team was so good. Like, I always look back at, like, the old baseball references of the Tigers. Like, in that era when they had, like, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer and, like, a few other guys that were, like, pretty good while also having, like, an offense that was, like, really good with, like, Miguel Cabrera in his prime. It was like, why didn't the Rangers win it? Or why didn't the Tigers win any World Series that year? Or, like, those years? Well, first off, like, one of those years they ran into uh, an even year... uh, Giants team and the other reason is because they played the Rangers in 2011 like and the Rangers just like put the hammer down because Nelson Cruz was incredible that postseason so I think I think that's what I'm going to go with is Nelson Cruz's walk-off home run in the AL uh, walk-off grand slam in the ALCS that's a good one. Oh, gosh yeah so what have you decided on on a Beltre play or or a non-Beltre play that I just forget when I was vamping um, because <laughs> ah, immediately what I think of as far as like favorite Beltre play is all of the, um, you know, where he's falling towards uh, away from third, throwing across the diamond and it like makes yep. their beautifully. The barehanded charge yes. on the bottom play. Yep. And like throwing while he's falling, he's literally on one leg. Like it's just every time it worked, like it wasn't just a fluke. It wasn't just a play he did here and it there, like beautiful. every time. Gosh, so is that just like that in general? That moment, yeah. I, I will, I will most definitely allow that for yeah. Bell Drake. because there's that's like it. there's so many of them. Um, okay, and this is our last one: favorite non-baseball moment. And there's a lot of these goofy moments that I feel like need to be recognized. For me, like I'm gonna go with a story. It was Levi's story about the high five that broke. Oh, uh, yes. That high five that Craig Gentry did that broke. Who was it? Whose thumb was it? Jeff. Oh, Jeff uh, Baker. Yeah. Jeff Baker's thumb. Because it was like, it was the most like weird baseball kind of stupid niche high five thing. 
plus investigative journalism on a thing that was not like serious investigate. Like it was just, it was so goofy and stupid. And like, even like Deirdre had to like go search through like records to like do. And we got to talk to both of them about the story this year, which was honestly a blast for me. I'm sure you enjoyed it too. And and y'all, the listeners enjoyed it. But like, that was like, honestly, like that was my favorite moment. Like it's kind of weird and random and like, you're like, really? That's it? For me, like, that was all the things that I love about baseball. is like, just weird and stupid and fun and kind of high stakes in, like, a very, like, not serious way. Yeah. Um, but, Morgan, what, are your, what is your favorite baseball moment? Non, or, I guess, non-baseball moment. It can be um, funny or serious or whatever, whatever you want. Well, I do want to say that is a really good moment to pick because it is dumb, <laughs> But like it's and it's one of those like random moments, but literally everyone who watched the Rangers remembered that moment and it was so like satisfying to have it found out like who did it because again, it could have been just a small thing that no one really remembered, but we all remembered it and we all wanted to know who high fived him so hard that it broke his finger. Like it, it, it <laughs> I'm so glad we we in the decade a, knowing, like like I was on like and the fact that it took so long it like took, it was like, like from five like uh huh it took five years and then like once Levi actually started doing the thing like in spring training and like it took him like months and months yeah. and I think it was like July maybe maybe August by the time he actually figured it out and like everyone was like. Once he, like, we found out that, like, that was what he was writing about, like, oh, my God, like, I need to know. Like, we all need to know. Yeah. It's so amazing and stupid and wonderful. Um, so my pick, I, I was going to go with the Beltre moment, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. I, I really Very wanted, shocked. I really wanted to go with the on deck circle. Oh, my God. A classic. Um, and I know as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to remember a hundred other really good moments. I don't know. That's, um, like, that's an all timer though. Like that's yeah, one that's of the dumbest and greatest ejections. Like yeah, like, you should truly. have no qualms about if you pick that. And it's a very petty moment for Beltre too. We <laughs> really think about it. So of Honestly, course I love like, it. This is extremely on, it would be like the most on brand for you. Like, <laughs> like a little petty and Adrian Beltre and like stupid baseball things like that's like that's the brand <laughs> that that is my brand and it should be the moment i'm kind of mad i'm not making it the moment because oh, the, the okay. only reason is because all i can think about is the um the punch odor punching bautista how well how did I, that didn't even come to my mind <laughs> why did that not come to my mind i'm so ashamed of myself right now <laughs> because like because i think why I picked that is because there are so many like other little moments within that whole bench God. clearing thing that it's just like, like yeah. to this day I can still like that day it happened I watched that video over and over and over not even just to watch the punch I just was trying to figure out who was who who went where where's Colby <laughs> Lewis like the, the full thing, like the full like, conspiracy thing. Like, all right, I got to watch like each, and, like you got to rewatch it each time. Yeah. To like watch it, like track a different person each oh, time. It's I amazing. I slowed it down. It was straight up Zapruder films at my house. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to find every single ranger. My, to this day, I'm still mad 
about all the players who decided to wear sweatshirts over their jerseys, so I don't know who they are. Because most of them have sweatshirts over there and then caps on. So you really can't, like, I'm like, I don't know who you are from behind. Like, I need to see names here. Um, Because Alberto was on the team at that point. Still, Mm -hmm. I don't think I figured out where he was and all of that. Who he's like the main person I want to find because that uh, he's he the happiest crazy. person. Like, what was he doing? Was he smiling the whole time? Like, this is so fun. I like, bet he was like hopping around and like laughing, <laughs> like maybe like hitting some guy, like smacking him on the arm. Like, look at this crap. This is right? hilarious. <laughs> and uh, it's just I could like I could go watch it again just to like remember who was where doing what. Um, we got to see like Banny super pissed off, which. That's always fun to see how coaches are going to react with that whole situation. Gosh, he was he was really good in those intense. Like, there's a lot of things he did not do well. But as a manager, like, getting into, like, fight and getting angry and yeah. making a fuss. Like, he was great at that. Like, all-time great, like, fuss maker. Yeah. I And I, I so badly, like, in the future when every Ranger that was on that team is retired. Like, no one steal this idea. We're recording it. It's my idea. I <laughs> so record. badly want to like interview every player just for their thoughts like I just want to know what they were thinking like when Beltre was holding Bautista like why why did he do that like what was his thought process like was it I don't want (laughs) to be a part of that or like this dude is gonna like die and I'll make sure that doesn't happen like (laughs) it could be anonymous too like they could just tell me and I'll like won't put their name but like we can all like figure out who it was I kind of also kind of guess yeah, I kind of also want to know, like, players from other teams, like, what their thought on it was. Like, did they also not right. like Bautista, or do they not like Odor? Like, which side were they on? That's all I want to know. <laughs> I feel like most people were on the Odor side. Like, I feel like Not that because too. they think, but, like, the thing is, like, a lot of them are like, you know what, have fun, like, flip your bat. But also, like, Bautista's kind of a jerk, and, like, people just don't didn't like him. Right. So I think, like, I think there might have, like, even been some people on his own team who are like, yeah, that was kind of funny that he got punched in the face because he kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then also, like, the suspensions that went with it. Like, to this day, I'm still annoyed that Elvis got a one-game suspension. It was I, so stupid. It was so dumb. Um, but, did, yeah. like Did Batista not get any? I can't remember. He got... I think, like, he and Donaldson few. got, like... It was, like... They were, like, both, like, very minor, I remember. And it was so yeah. stupid. Gosh, and, still the greatest baseball fight, like, of all time. Like, oh, I, like I'm like i just crowning it. Like, there's, because, like, there was an actual punch. Throw. It wasn't, like, fake, like, oh, look at me. I'm, like, Nolan Ryan putting putting a guy in a headlock is pretty great. But, like, this is, like, square in the mouth, just, like, punched him right in the face. Like, honestly, like, perfect punch. Like, literally a perfect punch. Not that we what? condone violence or anything, but, like, <laughs> if you're going to fight, do it right. And yeah. Rugi absolutely did. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just perfect. It was perfect. God. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> that's a really good thing. Oh, I feel bad that none of us chose a Beltre moment for best Beltre moment. Beltre was like, there. So technically. Any moment is a Beltre moment if Beltre <laughs> is present. And, you know, exactly. he's always present in our hearts. So technically every moment can, can be a Beltre moment. Gosh. Oh, look at us talking about how there's nothing to talk about. We spend 30 minutes. <laughs> this is like clockwork every time. I just knew it. <laughs> We get either of us talking about Adrian Beltre and how great he is and great moments in Rangers of the, it was a whole decade. We fit in at 30 minutes. So, you know, we're basically, we're basically, you know, cutting time. So 
I feel really good about these these lists. Um, I feel kind of bad that I didn't think immediately of Rugi's Punch, but you know, my thought was thinking stupid. That was also like a very stupid thing, but kind of great. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we we ended this decade well. Morgan, is there any closing thoughts from this Rangers decade um, before we head out? Just just you want to leave us with before we head into 2020 and a new stadium and a new year, a new team. Yeah. A a new stadium to start the decade, that's kind of exciting. Like, I didn't really think about, like, obviously you start a new season with the new ballpark, but starting a new decade, that's kind of, I think that could be fun. Kind of like a clean slate, but, like, also, like, it's going to be a young team, but we got Kluber, still got Elvis as the veteran guy now, but, I mean, he's still Mm kind of young. I think it's just going to be a really fun year i think it could be a really fun decade if it wants to start how like the previous decade started for the rangers but like honestly better, it feels, i feel some like it. i feel some similar vibe because like 2009 there was a, a really young rangers team that like overachieved like they didn't think they mm-hmm. could like come in and then like they got some key pieces in 2010 um and then like they they felt really, like they got a really key pitcher in the middle of 2010. They're like, all right, now we're going for it. And like, that's when things started to change. So this year, like 2019 Rangers were supposed to be bad, but they overachieved a little bit. They weren't quite contention, but it feels kind of similar vibes. They got the new park, a fully healthy, hopefully Joey Gallo, a new Corey Kluber in that rotation as like maybe your first through third best, one of your first or third best pitcher. Not really sure at this point what, what, what kind of Corey Kluber we're getting, but we're getting a Corey Kluber and you know, any kind of those is pretty great. So I'm excited for this next day, decade, excited for this next year, next year of podcasting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this whole year. Um, we'll be back uh, next week, I believe with, with a few episodes, maybe might, might go back to three, not quite sure. Holiday craziness. We'll be back to less holiday craziness and we'll all know what day of the week it is again. So looking forward to that and looking forward to a new season with y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening and subscribing. Make sure you're subscribing and telling your friends about us. Um, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is. We really do appreciate it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Morgan Price, at Bryce Patrick, at Locked on Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick. I'm Morgan Price. And hashtag together we pod.